You're listening to the Nerd to Know Media Network. Join us at nerdtoknowmedia.com. Broadcasting from the Blanchestan Center. This is Phoenix FM. The internet is a communications tool used the world over where people can come together to pitch bad movies and share bad. According to the Nerd Index, you should be upside down in a junior high toilet around the clock. This is the Good luck! Tide goes in, tide goes out. Never miss communication. It's over 9,000! My name is Foxy. The balls are in there. everybody and welcome to nerd to no basis here on phoenix 92.5 fm and today i am joined by kian and katie how are we doing everybody hi we're exhausted. Exhausted. exhausted exhausted big weekend uh, all around yeah. <laughs> um yeah. did we all have a nice halloween <laughs> we did kind of Oh, it was, oh, sure. bit, it was busy, but it was nice. I'm sure there was a bonfire and fireworks that we could see from our front garden. It was great crack. Like nice. it, it might like th- like it might be different, uh, especially for Yuki and you know having having a child. Did anybody else just feel like I, I just got the feeling Halloween was just kind of like not not a thing this year? Well, speaking as a teacher, it's because it's on a Monday. We were supposed to have Halloween last week. Mm. So everyone's coming to Halloween like a week late. And yeah, so the no, the, mon- the Monday so. didn't help. Mm. Um, in my defense, I spent a week and a half in a country where Halloween just was not a factor because in Tenerife, all year round is just the middle of June. Um, mm. But yeah, kind of weird. So like, yeah, no, it was very kind of a, I think, I think it was a very just a chill kind of like downplayed Halloween. Yeah, because like even Halloween is probably my busiest week of the mm. year and half of my gigs cancelled or just oh, wow. didn't book or fell through. So it, like it wasn't. Now, Halloween day for me was flat out. I was working a double and then like I had people over straight after. So I was like playing hostess. But the week itself wasn't as busy as it normally would be. But again, that's because it was on a Monday. Like I'm doing one or two Halloween workshops this week because, but there isn't the demand because Halloween's over. If it had mm. been on the Friday of a midterm week, yeah, no, we've we've, we've all seen know? the video. Mariah Carey has declared that Halloween is over and tis the season. <laughs> she just like uh, explodes a pumpkin and just arrives. No, have you not seen? The, there's actually she actually put up a video on the first. She November, did, so, yeah, where she's so, like dressed as a witch and yeah, and then it which, like then it flips and she's like all Christmassy. Yeah, which, yeah, no, I've already been Mariah Carried, so I guess uh, it's are time. Doing, are we doing Whamageddon this year? <laughs> yeah, but Whamageddon doesn't start till the 1st of December. That's very generous of you. For no, that, that's, know, the, the, that's the official of, rules. Uh, trying to avoid listening to Last Christmas by Wham for as long as possible and outlasting your friends. Yeah, it, Whamageddon runs from December 1st to December 24th. 
Oh, and you're allowed to listen to it on Christmas. Yeah. And you're allowed to listen to it in November. Oh, so you get to warm up. To oh, it. yeah. No, the, okay. the, rest no of the, the, I mean, the rest of the year is a while is like a free wham zone. You know, that's you can do whatever yeah. you want. You can wham all you want then. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, stick out some Deadpool, get Careless Whisper going. It's all good. Oh, yes. My favorite season, the free wham zone. <laughs> <laughs> Which spans from the first month of the year to the 11th month of the year. Now, Keen, please tell us, tell us, elaborate listeners, what's the first month of the year and the 11th month of the year? <laughs> the free wham zone. What a zone it is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Um, well, I'll tell yeah. you what, before we get too giddy, uh, there was actually, we we're actually across the three of us at a lot of activities around the centre of Dublin, so why don't you take us through the most spooky one first there, Katie? Spooky? You're at the Rocky Horror would, Picture thing. I don't know if I would consider Rocky Horror spooky. It's it's definitely, it's like campy and weird and confusing. But I wouldn't say it's particularly spooky. Well, they play it at Halloween. They, they do, that's true, yeah. But Rocky Horror is like, it's one of those wonderful things where you could just watch it anytime and let it envelop you and just sit back and while it happens to you and it's it's great and without and ever doing it before like that <laughs> and without ever doing it before your bones just know the dance to the time warp just yeah off by heart yeah you end up just you know the, the time warp and you know the words to all the songs even though you know you hadn't learned them and it's just it's such a fun atmosphere i was a little disappointed though that we didn't do the pledge What's what the pledge? So now, the pledge now, is basically now, keep on on at five. <laughs> yes, on at five. So basically, um, if you've never been to a Rocky Horror live show before, you're what's known as a virgin, and that's as that's as detailed as I'm going to get into that. But they make you do a pledge, which I'm not going to explain on the show. You're going to have to Google. You're it. just going to have to go you're to gonna the Sugar to... Club next. Hey kids, year ask out. your parents. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. But Or don't. Um, I don't want that on my conscience. But, but basically all they did was they just asked kind of who, you know, who had never been to the show before and they made us all stand up and then they were like, ah, you know, you're all newbies. And then we just sat down again. And I was like, I kind of wanted to do the pledge, you know, but it's fine. You know, just that dream died before it began. <laughs> but the rest of the show was really, really fun. And the, the performers were great. They had we had like crowd interactions. They had props for us that we could use while the movie was playing. It was a lot of fun. All right. That's fantastic. Would you go again? Oh, yeah, I'm d- definitely going again. Yeah. If, like if they keep doing it, I'll keep going. <laughs> if you build it they will come yeah like i was super excited for it this year i bought my ticket the day they went on sale which was like back in august oh really so yeah so <laughs> no i was super duper excited for it no i will definitely go again um and i i've already ordered my costume which is not going to be a rocky horror costume uh, okay this year i went dressed as magenta which was good fun i had like the big crazy red wig and the maid's outfit and we had a good oh, time we had a really excellent. good time we it's did. funny i remember like lots of like kind of 
It was like someone from the Catholic Herald complaining about cosplayers getting the train at Houston up to Comic-Con. I could only imagine. The Rocky, there was yeah. a lot. There was a lot of... The Lewis um, is packed near... God forbid a Catholic train. Herald reporter sees a there Dr. Was, Frankenfurter. Yeah, there was a lot of what I will only describe as very beautiful, uh, beautifully dressed men and women. Um, I'm not going to again I'm not going into detail on the radio it was it was wonderful it was wonders of audio you can use your imagination um, it was a very LGBT plus friendly space hey listeners just what if like what if you just imagined a person and what if they were just really hot if they were just beautiful (laughs) don't just do it now just in general just like you know yeah yeah, peace of mind (laughs) yeah it was great. <laughs> That's wonderful. I'm going to recommend a more family-friendly one, just as a palate cleanser. Um, <laughs> we were at the Wildlights last week. Uh, we were gifted uh, some lovely premiere tickets. And if you've never been, go. It's wonderful. For anyone who doesn't know what it is, it is the zoo at night, covered in wonderful light-up paper mache creatures. And some of them are moving. And this year, the theme is in the jungle or something to that effect into the wild. So it's got like the immersion is the best that it's ever been because you're walking around these trees and there's just all these butterflies over your head that are moving and you see foxes and there's like moving snakes around the place. There's a giant like 20 foot like bumblebee hive, whatever you call those. Like, and yeah, I like I took my three year old and she had an amazing time chasing around everything getting photos with the rabbits and all of that and you know it is a late start because it has to be like mm-hmm. i think we got in around seven i suspect they'll probably open earlier now that it's open but yeah and it's it, it's getting darker earlier now as exactly well. yeah yeah but no it's it's one of my favorite things to do in the year and this one was one of my favorites of those favorite things so i would recommend it incredibly highly yeah like i've been to the wild lights twice and both times I just had so much fun. Yeah, it's it's like there's this lovely it's it's almost like a like a precursor to Christmas where it's mm-hmm. got that kind of it's cold and there's like these lovely bright lights, but it's not Christmassy yet. Mm. And e- so even like, when it's raining, because like both times that I went, it was kind of drizzly like the the last few years, both times that I went, it was uh, like drizzly and stuff. It was still really nice. Mm. And I definitely want to go again this year. Oh, completely. And but for all you know, Mariah Carey may have sprung out of that giant honeycomb, and maybe I'm okay with it. I'm fine with it. For some reason, I think after lockdown and everything, because I used to be one of those people, like because I work Christmas and it's so busy, that I used to be one of those people who was just like not anti-Christmas, but just kind of indifferent to it. Mm. And just since last year, I'm kind of like, oh, Christmas, yay, all You're the fun stuff. You're talking to two former bookshop workers, we know. You say, mm. you say that, Kian. I think we're the only two people who managed to do eight years of retail and still come out of it pro-Christmas. Yeah, that's true, that's <laughs> like, true. Like, so, yeah. somehow it just could not break us. Yeah, that's just no, it. Like, like I saw Dara, who couldn't be here tonight, complaining about Mariah Carey on Facebook or something. I was like, oh, you haven't heard the unlicensed Christmas songs. <laughs> the ones that are like, you know, when you can't afford YouTube for your shop. <laughs> yeah, I have heard all of those working. I don't work retail, but I work in like shopping centers and stuff. Retail so. adjacent is still close Re- Retail enough. adjacent. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We, so I've, I've heard all sorts. <laughs> uh, simply music that is not meant to be focused on. But when you spend eight hours there, you're going to listen. 
Yeah. Uh, I actually did track it down once. It's actually very hard to track down unlicensed Christmas music from shops. I did manage <laughs> to find cool. one off an album called Not Your Grandpa's Christmas Album. Oh, no. And to it, be fair, again, I think I think that's because most people who write these don't want to be found. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it was, a, yeah, I, I won't dwell on this because it isn't relevant, but uh, it was one of my favorite things at working in the shop was hearing these songs that weren't pop songs and actually trying to track them down. And now and again, you'd find that it was someone who got like number 15 in their small town in Arkansas or something. But and only had like a Facebook page, but some probably not knowing their song was being played in Dunleary for free or something like that. Yeah, no, see what, what it's left me with is uh, because they will circulate these same sorts of songs like around different shops. I'll be standing on a lawn just, just like buying a pack of cookies, and one will play, and I will stand and I will be thrown back five years. Truly a Vietnam flashback. Like, like, like Michelle Yeoh being thrown through the multiverse. Yes. Stu- like... Stunned silence. Oh, I had that. I, I once came off like an eight or nine hour shift and then ran to the airport and was stunned to hear the same songs in a spire. And I was like, oh, you never left. And the, the, the alarm from Kill Bill just goes off <laughs> in your head. Precisely. Precisely. Um, uh, sorry, I know we've got a lot of news to go to. Can I talk about one more event that's come and gone just for... Oh, of course. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, myself and my wife were at this amazing show in the concert hall, which was Richard E. Grant. Uh, what it, it was called reading from his uh, biography, but really it was him just doing stand-up and having a laugh for two hours. How brilliant. And it was great crack. It's a lovely book anyway. It's called A Pocket Full of Happiness and it's semi-biography, semi the last year of his wife's life because she passed away last year kind of during COVID and all that kind of stuff. So he flips back and forth between the story of his upbringing and the story of his last year with her because, you know, the benefit of the world being locked down is he wasn't going to do work. He was staying at home with her all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's it was very sweet. And um, this is a gig that he's taking around the world. Like, I know, like, there was a video of him, like, running in the park that went viral uh, after the show was done. Uh, but it felt incredibly fresh. He was making jokes about, like, Liz Trust, who had just been kicked out that night. Uh, like, he was talking to the audience. He was, like, making Irish-specific things. And, like, he met all of us afterwards and signed the books and all that. And just, I suppose, on the off chance that his performance is coming to a town near you and it's not sold out, uh, do check it out because it was a fantastic night. It was, even if you're not like a Withnow fan or anything, uh, I would highly recommend it. It was a great evening out. That's lovely. Yeah, yeah. No, I always, I always kind of got the impression he was just a really like stand up bloke. Oh, completely. Because like yeah. a, a decent amount of the show is, uh, him essentially talking about how he was a fan of Barbara Streisand and how he like sent her letters when he was like 13, inviting her over to his house in Swaziland and how like, as he gradually got more famous, he got to like kind of edge his way closer to meeting her and he didn't manage it until the Oscars. Oh, wow. Like, you know, at the, like, you know, which two years ago or something like that. (laughs) So like you do get, the sort of vibe of him being outside of being famous, which is quite nice. Like he'll make jokes about being in Loki and stuff, 
but like you know it's it's very much you get like his enthusiasm is very like it catches you know it's very mm. very sweet you know somebody somebody who just it seems like they forget that they're actually famous <laughs> yes exactly like you know like he told the story of like how he was taking selfies in front of barbara streisand's house and his daughter is there going you're gonna get arrested come on come on get out get out get out you know <laughs> somebody will find you <laughs> but yes thank you for indulging me in talking about that because it was a wonderful show now we will get finally to the headlines which kev i believe you have prepared so pass yeah to you. yeah um well the big one i suppose yeah the biggest one is probably like it's been the past couple of weeks and uh because i haven't been on i haven't talked about it um so it's a brand new game that we've mentioned that we're very excited about uh, called Bayonetta 3. Is and it actually out or is it in development? It is. It, it is released uh, just over the past weekend there. Okay. But, um, you know, and like this teased for like six odd years, like really, really anticipated on those first two games. Um, but I think Dara actually mentioned this maybe about a month and a half ago that the, um, the, the lead actress for Bayonetta wasn't going to be reprising her role. Right. So I was like, oh, that's odd, but you know, these things happen. Um, but then a couple of weeks later, she posts a now fairly infamous photo on, t- on Twitter, uh, claiming where Platinum had just let put out a statement saying, due to scheduling conflicts, Helena Taylor will not be portraying Bayonetta. Helena Taylor put out a video claiming that Platinum were only offering her $4,000 flat. I heard that bit, yeah, yeah. For for the entire voice acting, mm. which is outrageous. <laughs> that that is an outrageous amount, like an outrageously low amount of money for the lead star of a very popular franchise. Mm. Yeah, for what it is. For what it is, um, and rightfully so. And she called the boycott in the game, and you know we're urging people to go uh, submit funds charity. Naturally, a lot of people fly rally behind her, rightfully so. And mm. um, the the store, like the 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 story of like um, uh, voice actors being underpaid has been actually picking up a lot of speed. And again, rightfully yeah, so. Yeah, you brought it up on the show before. Yeah, yeah. Um, I can't remember his name now. The voice actor for it was actually uh, the recent season of Bob Psycho One Hundred. Uh, the English dub of it, uh, the, the lead actor for that as well. I can't remember. I think it's Kyle McCarthy. Uh, I can't remember off the top of my head, but he he voiced the first two seasons of Mob, didn't reprise his role for the third season because Crunchyroll, who would be taking up the dubbing, uh, decided to not even consider a negotiation because he was a, new, a union contract worker. Oh my goodness. Yeah. And like he's he wasn't even calling for like I want this amount of money. He literally was like, I want them to sit down with SAG after and just discuss payment. Because right. they weren't even going that far. And yeah, because of that, Crunchyroll just hired somebody else and Mob Psycho is what it is. Um so he's been doing a lot of advocacy for um for voice actors and fair payment now. So uh, that, I think like that happened before Helena Taylor as well. So that was kind of like picked up a lot of steam. Um a couple of days after Helena Taylor posted a video, uh, a very well-known games journalist named Jason Scryer put out a report claiming, due to an anonymous source, claiming that 
the numbers she mentioned were fairly flubbed. Right. Um, something in the ball that like she was actually offered something more in the ballpark of 15,000. She okay. was offered. So she said that she was offered four grand flat, flat for the entirety. Yeah. What actually happened was she was offered four grand per recording session for five recording sessions. Oh, yeah. okay. Which is still not a lot considering. But that also, you know, raises the, the question of, well, you've entered into this conversation in bad faith by lying through omission. Not a great look. Yeah, you fudge right? the numbers there a bit. You fudge the numbers. Um, what's also come out recently is that one of the uh, charities that she was advocating people to go fund to was a pro-life charity. So she's also one of those people. <laughs> Okay, mm-hmm. and uh, and like that's that's just kind of also dredged up a whole lot of like where she's not exactly J.K. Rowling about the idea of like trans rights and bodily autonomy. A lot of her, tw- a lot some of her tweets are like very dog whistly about the whole thing, um, which is bizarre because I don't want to like speculate on someone's personal life, but you'd think whoever plays Bayonetta would be kind of. I wouldn't say traditional in any respect. Oh no, like that's like it's it yeah that's it's it is a it is an odd thing because like Bayonetta as a character has been fully embraced by the queer community, mm. um, which has also caused a bit of a spat considering the uh, the third game kind of does straight some things, but that's a whole other topic. Right. Um, but yeah, so this woman basically has managed to come in lie cannibalize her own career and completely muddy the waters about any discussion about voice actors getting paid. That's so, what I was going to bring up. Yeah, I, because I when heard... someone does something like this, it kills momentum on something legitimate, you know? It just murks it. Like, it, it's just people are going to bring up, like, oh, yeah, but this person lied. And, like, that's not the conversation, though. Yeah. They're still not getting paid. Voice actors still aren't getting paid properly. I heard that she threw her replacement under the bus as well, though. Oh, oh yeah. From Mass Effect 2. Yeah, Mass Jennifer Effect. Hale, it, it was the replacement. And that's, you know, a lot of people, obviously, she got dogpiled. Yeah. Uh, un, like, unjustifiably. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like, that's, you know, I think so, like, she was basically angling that uh, Jennifer Hale was a scab. When, again, odds are she was just told, oh, Helen and Taylor couldn't make it. We'd actually like you to play the role. Yeah. Could you fill in? Could you fill in? And she and like she uh she's definitely like Jennifer Dale is definitely uh under all sorts of NDAs about this to the point where she is she hasn't said anything outright because probably legally can't. She has literally liked tweets that have said, Don't ask Jennifer Hale, she's under an NDA. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think like that's a bit, like that is a clear-cut sign. Um yeah. That you can, which, by the way, I, 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 yeah, I could get into it a little bit more. Bring it close to home because uh, Lucas, who mm. Lucas Egan from Land Party, who we had on the show before, you were there, Kev. He's mm. had Jennifer Hale on his show, and he says she's nothing but a dose, you know. So, like, I, I'm, I'm glad she's kind of keeping her head out of all of the sort of nonsense, you know. Yeah, and on top of that, I think I do want to kind of put like kind of a, 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 a nice note on this whole thing as well. Because after the game launched, uh, there's a new character they introduced called Viola in this game. Uh, her actor is an actress named Anna Brisbane, who's been just delighted about this and is a big trans uh, trans rights activist. Uh, street, like the day of release, streamed herself playing the game and raised, I want to say, 
about five, yeah, it was about five thousand dollars for trans rights charities. So like there was like the game got notoriety and this at least kind of did signal boost that. So like there is at least like there is a there it, there's some good news that that's associated with this game as well. This, um, this is why I play PlayStation games from 10 years ago. They're cheaper and you don't have to wade through all this kind of stuff. <laughs> Which, that aside, uh, I've also fully completed Bayonetta 3 now. Was it actually good after all that preamble? That's, all, of, all of this aside, all the weight of this, uh, it is mostly a very good video game. Oh. They, it, it's, it's, it's a very, like... It's, it was a very kind of like all in with the kitchen sink kind of game. Right. Which, Which I mean, considering what Bayonetta 1 is, is saying something. Yeah. Uh, they really expand on like her, because it's all a uh, very uh, fast paced combo based hack and slash. They really expand on that in some really cool and creative ways. As I said, they introduced a new kind of main character who is playable. Where Bayonetta has like herself a lot, a wide range of different uh, weapons and, and abilities that like you can kind of really roll into these massive combos. Viola is much more just like you get this one weapon and this one way and also as opposed to dodging it's a parry mechanic so it's a lot more rigid so when you're playing as her it's still a little bit it's still fun but it's very you kind of have to you're stuck with one way of doing things mm. uh, and then they also make you do these 2D side strolling segments which are actually just bad <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah like they don't take long they're maybe 15 minutes each but it's like oh god another one of these <laughs> Uh, just take, but, takes you out of the moment. Yeah, like it, it, like they could have just made them optional and just had them off the side, but no, you have to play them. Uh, but when you are playing as Bayonetta in this game, it is the best they've done. Um, I want to make a particular highlight to because it like one of the whole kind of shakes of Bayonetta is that you summon, uh, you make packs with demons and summon them like into combos. Uh, there's a whole new mechanic where you just can summon the demons outright and just have giant monster battles. <laughs> uh, but also, part of your packs is that you can also turn into a demon form of Bayonetta hmm. uh, that is themed on the various weapons, which again, I have to emphasize, the weapons are book wild that range from her regular four guns, because this woman has guns strapped to heels. Uh, heels you get, a, yeah. you get uh, hell yo-yos, you get a microphone... Um. Oh god! But my favorite is the train-themed chainsaw. Nice. <laughs> which the is chainsaw. E- chainsaw, which is excellent on its own. But also, you turn when you go to dash and you turn into your demon form. You are a half woman, half train hybrid. Nice. Like, ima- like imagine a centaur, but the bottom half was a train. Mm-hmm. It's excellent. <laughs> Oh my god, it's wild considering that the My Hero Academia comic spinoff has the reverse, which is Thomas the Tank oh Engine. Oh god, the guy legs. with the Thomas the Tank Engine head. Oh, I forgot about him. He was horrifying. <laughs> Coming to a nightmare near you. Good Jesus. Like, uh, there's parts of that where I remember that Horikoshi could have been a really good horror manga author. Some of his monster designs are wild. <laughs> but anyway, uh, just to stick with kind of both video game and casting adjacent news. Do you want to tell us the other big thing? That's yeah. The, the last other week? major headline. Uh, it was announced by, by all relevant parties. This is a confirmed story uh, that Henry Cavill will no longer be reprising his role as Geralt of Rivia in the Witcher series from season four. So yeah. not the, not the coming season, but the one after. Yeah. Right. Um, Interestingly, the same week that 
DCEU gets a new person running it. Yeah. Just, just saying. Yeah, no, I think that's everyone saying it's he's definitely just getting tied up as Superman. Yeah. But um, that's what I heard was that he had signed on for like five more Superman appearances or something, you know, in movies. Well, um, I mean, not, not to spoil things, but I've heard that Superman has made a return of sorts recently, hasn't he? I don't know. I never watched Black Adam. <laughs> oh, there you go. Thank you for <laughs> clarifying that. Yeah, I, don't I, know. Haven't, I haven't seen it. I, mean, I, didn't, I didn't go looking for this story, but it was, found me, so I'm assuming I, it's... I don't know. Was there anything else that happened to DC recently? I genuinely don't know. <laughs> See, everyone says, like, you know, oh, this is going to fix DC. But when you look at the last few things, like, well, the Batman did really well. So did Joker. So did Suicide Squad. The Hardy Quinn cartoons. Go- it's- the second Suicide Squad. Fine, the the remake Suicide the, Squad, oh, not the no, original. No, the Suicide Squad. The Suicide Squad. Uh, the yeah. underlying yeah. Suicide Squad. Um, yeah, like, that's, yeah, DC's just kind of, yeah, DC's kind of just good. Most of I mean, the time, it doesn't, it doesn't that's say, fine. It isn't in your face all the time like Marvel, but when it does something for, and I say this as someone who, you know, actively hated Batman versus Superman to the point I was complaining about it on the internet, which I'm not the type to do. But like generally when DC has put out stuff in the last two years or so, it's been pretty decent, you know? Yeah, oh, yeah. like the Batman, I really enjoyed the Batman mm. for the most part. I, I, re- I rewatched it on Blu-ray again. And actually, I like it even more now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And like, I'll, I think I'll take like the any, any of the guff they've put out since uh, Birds of Prey, because Birds of Prey was just, I've watched that about three times. I Same. love that movie. Yeah. Like, it's just excellent. <laughs> um, but Wonder Woman 2. I never Wonder actually Woman got around 1. to Oh, I like Wonder Woman 1. I'm sorry, but the whole like, just I, I like, have it fun st- memories. It started, it started I, really well, you know, when she's going after the god of war. And then they could have done this thing where it was like, actually, there is no god of war, it's just like society being terrible. They kind of were angling towards that and then chickened out, didn't they? they? And then had a British man they, fight them. They did in a big this really, CG battle. They did this really stupid thing where he's like, I'm the god of war after all. And then it was like the whole she kills him with the power of love. Um, oh, yeah. don't watch Wonder Woman 1984 then. I mean, oh, I'll watch it again just for the hilarity of all of the Irish getting kicked out of Britain <laughs> in a montage. But <laughs> see, I, I have fond memories of Wonder Woman one, but that's because I was like gradually making my way through a negative run throughout that screening. So by uh, the time that third act kicked, I was on a buzz and I was like, This, I, this I just appreciated put all the Zack Snyderness into like the last 15 minutes. If it had been throughout the whole film, I think I would have felt differently. Um, oh, oh, you've got an extra arm, Kev. <laughs> <laughs> Dara can edit that out. Uh, <laughs> what did I miss? What happened? Uh, Rebecca, this is why so- we don't film with Okay, yeah, this, this is an edit out, Dara. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Rebecca reached in to grab something from behind my but computer. But anyway, we've gotten off topic. fell over the so- computer. Or fell over the couch. Okay. <laughs> Um, we had an accident behind. <laughs> okay, we'll 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 give Dara a bit of clean air to edit this. Okay, leave it Witcher, in. Dara. Witcher, leave Witcher, it Witcher, in. Witcher, 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 three, two, one, go. Um, but the other kind of part of this, so to, to DC tyrants, uh, tirades without. Uh, the other major thing though is that they have renounced Henry Cavill's replacement, and it's not that I've said Henry Cavill's gone. But they've announced that his replacement is Liam Hemsworth. 
the lesser he's from Hemsworth the Hunger brother. Games, right? Yeah. Now, uh, to be fair, I wouldn't say he's from the Hunger Games. I think that was like 10 years ago. The Hunger Games is awesome. Yeah, but also, I'd like, listen, I'm not judging a man from what he was 10 years ago. Well, what does he know? Hey, great question. Isn't he like, isn't he like married to Miley Cyrus? I think so. I think that, yes. They had I'm, like an on again, off again thing yeah. for years, but then they got married. I want to say that that is the Hemsworth who was married to Hot Miley Is this Cyrus. the Hemsworth who plays Thor when Thor's in a theater show in the Thor movies? You know, with Matt Damon as Loki, or is that a different Hemsworth? I didn't even know that was a Hemsworth. I thought that was just another actor. No, it's it's a Hemsworth. That's I joke. think there's, isn't there like three Hemsworth brothers? There is. There's a third Hemsworth. And I don't, I think he was an actor, but I don't think he stuck around. So if, so for people listening, if you're having trouble keeping track of all the heroes who are played by actors named Chris, now you have to keep track of multiple Hemsworths. I don't even get me started on the Scars Guards. <laughs> I thought there's but, two. Oh no, there's, there's like, four. there's like four or five Scars Guards. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, they're a dynasty. But, uh, but yeah, no, Liam Hemsworth is going to be taking up Gary of the Rivia. And I just kind of, don't know what to do with this information. I'm I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt purely because nobody wanted Heath Ledger as Joker. Yeah, yeah. nobody listen. wanted nobody wanted Robert Pattinson as Batman. Yeah, I listen. Even uh, Geralt, I like. I think a lot of people, especially I, I don't know if you remember the first image of Henry Cavill's Geralt that came out. It was bad. <laughs> <laughs> like I think I don't even think they had a proper. It was either a very bad wig or they just photoshopped white hair onto him, and it looked. Yeah. Awful. Like, I, I, I didn't. I didn't want Henry Cavill as Geralt because I don't personally like him. Like as an actor, I'm kind of indifferent, but like as a person, I'm not a fan. But Whoa, I would. No, I will. I will have to give it to him. He he did do a good job as Geralt. He did. He did. He sold it. You know, I, I will give him that. Like personal grudges aside, he did. A friend of mine like trained um, Henry Cavill for like the. Maybe he was something the witch over here and something. I said he was a dote. So he was very nice, you know. Mm. No, just like I obviously I've never met the guy. I'm sure he's lovely, but just statements that I've read that he has made in interviews and stuff like that. I just it rubbed me the wrong way. Well, the statements about him talking about Warhammer on the Graham Norton show rubbed me the right way. So I think we might have to meet in the middle here. <laughs> <laughs> I think, yeah, all, all I'm just going to do forever now is just make fun of you for like a Warhammer. That's, <laughs> that's what Oh, no, at. my nerd is showing. <laughs> You're in the wrong place, Ken. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't the nerd to know basis. I forgot to take the pledge. <laughs> <laughs> I will forever be salty about that. You're gonna have to tell me what that is off the air. Uh, I will, but like I will, I will never be a Rocky Horror Virgin again, and so I cannot take the pledge now. <laughs> never just got to lie do it. next year. You'll be in costume anyway. <laughs> no, I think I think it was more to do with the venue of the Sugar Club because the seats were all cl- quite close together. That there's not like space to do the pledge. Once I explain mm. to you what the pledge is, okay, you'll be the like, pledge okay, involves space. People at home, start getting your detective Yeah, you need, you need room now, to do speaking it. of space, uh, Kian, I believe you also have some Star Trek updates first. That's a proper swerve there. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, we'll do Doctor Who first, because this is the first episode since the power of the Doctor went out, which is uh, Jodie Whittaker's final episode. Uh, I have made a running segment on this show that I'm going to miss that I have been 
basically covering the lack of coverage in the run-up <laughs> to this episode. Uh, but out of curiosity, Kev, did you hear anything about this before or after? No, no, I, I've completely fallen off Doctor Who. Cool. Uh, hey, like hey, I, hey, I, hey. I knew about Nkudi Gatwa becoming the next Doctor, mm-hmm. and I know David Tennant is involved, question mark. Mm. That's it. That's yeah. everything. What about you, Katie? Um, I haven't watched Doctor Who properly since probably Tennant's first season, but I did oh, see that's the, a long time ago. I did see the regeneration though. Yes, uh, my my wife was upset about this and had to ring you at midnight. Yeah, I mean, even I was kind down. of upset about it. It was, it was like there was just so much wrong with it. There was so much wrong with it. No, no, it's I'll set the record straight, which is that. Oh uh, God, I'm I'm so mad. I gotta ring Katie. Yeah, he he no. actually did. He texted me and he was like, "Can we call you?" Stevie's very upset about this. <laughs> No, no, actually, I'll tell you what it was. And I won't go into too much detail because it's not fair to make fun of her on the air. But it was that she hadn't, she didn't like it. And then she read Facebook comments of people really liking it. Yeah. And then that was people jumping but any, on but the But that actually wagon. speaks to the reception of this, which is that obviously this is Jodie Whittaker's last episode as the 13th Doctor, Asterix over 13th. Um, and so it was kind of her send off. But there also hasn't been any Doctor Who in like a year because of COVID and just the reshaking of the whole thing and all that kind of stuff. And there won't be for another year. Exactly. Yes. Um, So it was a 90 minute story where, you know, she went up against all the old favorites, the Daleks, the Cybermen, the master, all that kind of stuff. Uh, But for the most part, it kind of didn't touch on anything from her story. It was just a big, wild, exciting adventure with lots of cameos from previous characters and companions that was all really well done uh it's 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 been out long enough i'm gonna just spoil it uh like lots of the classic doctors come back and like you know it's um and it was a big uh sort of anniversary style thing and it was a big popcorny crowd pleaser and i'm glad that it's gone down well because uh i still but I, uh, as me and my wife kind of felt uh if you're a fan of jodie whittaker it's been a tough four years for you or five or whatever it was because everyone, including your close personal friends on this show will not let it go that you like Jodie Whittaker's era. So for her last episode to essentially not be an episode of her run and just be kind of a big popcorn-y type thing. Big fan service. Like, like which appeals to people who did not care about this era. It's, uh, I was getting big, like, uh, the rise of Skywalker vibes, you know, just sort of walking oh, no. back, make sure we please everyone type thing. It was still a fun episode. I mean, I watched it twice. It's not like awful, but it definitely, it it's, you felt a deep sense of insecurity because they were putting in every single nostalgic crowd pleasing thing in it. Was Palpatine and, back know, from the dead? threads were wrapped up. So like it's, I've mixed feelings on it. I enjoyed it. But it, I also kind of felt thrown under the bus by it because, like, it's a, it's a bit like the Last Jedi thing. If you've spent a long time being forced to speak up for something because everyone else in the world seems to hate it, and then the thing itself turns its back on you, mm. it kind of feels a bit like you're hard done by, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, that's it's it's just like well, like why like you're kind of like watching it like what am I even doing here anymore? Yeah. 
I mean, like, the episode itself was fun, but it's just, like, it had wild, crazy elements in it. And I apologize for spoiling some of it. But, like, it was the Master, played by Sasha Duan, and the Daleks and the Cybermen have all teamed up. And this plot involves the Master graffitiing himself onto loads of famous paintings, like the Mona Lisa and all that, so that he can trick the Doctor into going to 1916, where he's also dressed up as Rasputin, so that he can trick her via a Dalek that's pretending to be good into swapping bodies with him, by which, I mean, he literally becomes her. It becomes him wearing her clothes. And then he dances to the Ra Rasputin song and, like, goes around wearing all the Doctor's costumes and all the companions have to kind of rescue her and all that kind of stuff. It's it's a it's a, it's a wild trip. And like you sort of in it, it's it's a lot like sort of the Force Awakens, where it's like it's really fun, but every time you kind of stop and think about it, you go, What? <laughs> you know, like why are the Daleks trying to blow up all the volcanoes on Earth? Like Yeah, that- now you're explaining this, and I feel like I need a cork board and some string. <laughs> yeah, I'm not following any of this. No. <laughs> <laughs> And like, it's just, it's just bizarre. And you can sort of feel the behind the scenes problem because uh, John Bishop leaves five minutes into it and he only just was introduced last season. So oh God, it, it feels like there's been kind of a behind the scenes struggle on this one. And it wouldn't surprise me if after all the bad press of this particular run, a lot of control was taken out of their hands. That's based on nothing, no evidence, just my feelings watching it. It was, it was still this- fun. It still got all the stuff it needed to right. And the regeneration was nice. Yeah, question like, was 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 this a uh, uh, Russell T Davies joint theater? Yeah, is he just no? But actually, no. you've let you set me up for that. It's so like it was Chibnall's last one, mm. but like you sort of have the double whammy of like all of these like classic things are kind of invading uh, Jodie Whittaker's last episode, and she's essentially out of it for the middle of her own last episode, and then it's- like and then at the end. Because, I mean, it's it's out in the world. Everyone knows. Like, even the review I did for Geek Ireland, I avoided saying what happens after the regeneration. And they're like, no, everyone knows. Put it in. Um, like, and then at the end of this episode where Jodie Whittaker has been sidelined, instead of getting Shuji Gatwa in the regeneration, you get David Tennant. So the Doctor regenerates backwards. Now, I know why that is. It's because he has to finish doing the show Sex Education. So David Tennant's going to do like three specials and then it's going to be him. But like there's this big sense of like Doctor Who going backwards, you know, a bit like and then you get the double whammy in that week. They announced everything would be streamed on Disney Plus and you're like, oh. But I mean, even the, the fact that there's not going to be any Doctor Who for another year, did they really need Tennant? They could have just put it off. They could, but next year is the 60th anniversary year. So you have to do something because you can't miss the date. They've always done something every 10 years. Uh, And to be fair, the next thing looks good. They've got Neil Patrick Harris as the villain. Him and Russell C. Davies just did It's a Sin together. So that's a tight collaboration. It's just... yeah, like it, It seems like one where like it's definitely just setting up like a very temporary shift. But like it's it's such... it. It is, an, it is an eternally long time to just kind of have like this one bit and like, see you next year. Like, yeah, I mean, I get it's, why. It's the sort of thing where like, ep- 
there's only two episodes this year. I suppose three if you include the mm. fact that it was on New Year's. And I suppose I get making her last episode a crowd pleaser for that reason, because you don't want... Presumably there'll be people tuning in to see Shooty Gatwa, and you do see him in a teaser. Yeah, uh, so that's, that's the thing. You is don't like... want to lose them on an episode that isn't made to please them. So I get yeah. that. But like... it, it seems like if they had the, if this was in the barrel and they knew that like we're going to do Tenet and it's going to take this long, it seems like almost announcing Shooty Gatwa was a bad idea. They should have waited. They should have waited yeah. until like at least the I'd like within a year of him actually premiering. Because like that's just kind of holding over like well like it's like it's it's very hey where's my elephant <laughs> yeah that's but then again that speaks to the way everything in Doctor Who's going because like they announced Jodie Whittaker was leaving before her third season they announced Russell T Davies was taking over again before her third season they hmm. announced Judy Gatwa a year before two years before he arrived there, there's just there's this big sense of trying to draw people back in with everything except what's in the show itself. Do you mm. know what I mean? There's a big kind of spectacle element around the and, show. Yeah, which fair enough. I mean, you got to get people watching it. But like Doctor Who has always been kind of this niche thing. It's not Star Wars. It's not. It's not even Star Trek. It's it's weird. I and mean, it's sort of its own thing. Whenever it's what doing well or not, you know. To speculate here, like with the Disney merger. Uh, it's go. It's probably going to be hitting a lot. They they probably realize they're going to be hitting a lot more eyes, mm. and they kind. I'd say they like again. This is probably also something's been in the barrel for a while, because I can't imagine anything in the BBC taking a short amount of time. Mm. Um. So like they probably knew it was like, oh no, we're going to have this massive merger where we're going to have all of this stuff going onto one of the biggest platforms in the world. Yeah. We need to get eyes on it. We need to advertise it. We need to push it. Yeah. And we yeah. need to push it by having the fans know things are, this is good. And also remind them, hey, remember when this was good, we brought this back. Yeah. And you know what? If you're going to get any doctor back, David Tennant's probably the one to do it. Uh, and I trust Russell T. Davies enough because they have they have specifically declared that David Tennant is the 14th doctor and Shuji Gatwa is the 15th doctor. So it's not like we're going back in time. This is some new version that's temporary, and I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure Rusty Davies is good enough that he will find a way to make it like weird and make it make sense. But make and it just tasteful. in all of that coming in one week has the big sense of like, you know, in the start of the Force Awakens when the guy says, "This is going to make things right now." It's like that big sense of like declaring to the world, "We're fixing it." And to me, Doctor Who never goes backwards. Yeah, it, and I've it, had that concern ever since Russell T Davies was announced. Even though I really like Russell T Davies, obviously, but you have to keep moving forward, even if mm. the new forward is something you don't like. You know? Yeah. If like if you told me that they were also going to somehow wrangle Matt Smith in with one of his dodgy white wigs from the House of the Dragon and he was going to act a menace, I wouldn't be surprised. He like... probably will be. We're a year out from more than a year <laughs> out from the first. There's going to be three anniversary episodes, so we're a year out from that. I'd say there probably will be a presence of like Matt Smith, not Peter Capaldi, probably. He said that he won't do it, but uh, I'd say not Eccleston either. What's that? I would be surprised if they got Eccleston back. No, Eccleston does the audios and he enjoys doing that, but that's because I think he has an input on the writing process. I don't think he'd ever go back to the TV show thing, you know? Yeah, because he he didn't have very nice things to say about it. 
to be fair, in his autobiography, he didn't say anything bad about it. It's just that he's made it abundantly clear that he wasn't happy with like how the production was run or something mm. like that, how the crew were treated. It's his own business and he's too much yeah. of a gentleman to like throw people under the bus, like, you know. But yeah. no, he'll never he'll never come back to the TV show, I'd say. Uh, so yeah, probably Matt Smith. And like, but that was also the weird thing about this episode. They got like loads of the past doctors back, like Paul McGann and stuff. And it's like, well, what are you going to do for your 60th now? You've done everything. They've already roped these lads in. You, you, yeah, you've, they... set, you've set the bar too high. Like, where are you going to go from there? Exactly, yeah. But anyway, I, I will say I did enjoy it. It was it was a good romp, but like we did her whole season of eight episodes before this running up to it. And there was the sense of like, well, we don't get an ending, I guess. Okay. Mm. But no, it was fun. I'm looking forward to see what they do in the future, you know, but it's... Yeah, it did feel like okay, Doctor Who's ending now, even though it's getting reborn. You know, I'm sure I'm sure I'll be Dara throwing things at the TV, like the way he does with Star Wars now <laughs> in a few years' time. Oh, get getting so angry you gotta go to bed. <laughs> um, <laughs> which by the way, I want to just kind of make make sure I like I'm I've got all of my eggs in a row here. So it's gonna be streaming on Disney Plus, but it's not gonna be streaming on Disney Plus in Ireland. Oh, I didn't know that. I, I think, think I I think I spotted that. I think it's 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 streaming on Disney Plus outside of UK and Ireland territories. Possibly. I it's been a thing where they just have had no the BBC iPlayer doesn't work outside of Britain. Yeah. So there's no way for people outside of it to watch it. That's it. I think I think Ireland specifically is just getting completely ghosted. <laughs> I buy them on DVD anyway. I don't care. But. Yeah. <laughs> Um, just yeah, no, because I think like it, it's been very kind of vague in a lot of them, but I think I saw a BBC tweet that was like, oh, streaming outside of the UK and Ireland. And it's like, how how do we watch what about poor old like, us? Do we find what time it's on, like in a magazine? Just because like, we home? take up residence in one post office <laughs> and like sit and watch it when everyone else is watching it? No. <laughs> Uh, oh my goodness! How much time do we have left? Uh, we got four minutes, so uh, I think I think we'll we'll let you uh, smash through. I think you had some Star Trek stories. So I apologize for not having time for Hocus Pocus. Oh, that's fine. I would just get very upset anyway. <laughs> do you, can you get upset in three and a half minutes? I can, but then there isn't enough time for me to like come back from that. <laughs> hey, everybody! Look how fast I can make myself cry. <laughs> no i'll just say that like there there are two very good uh animated star trek sh- shows on at the moment um uh one which is just wrapped up is lower decks which is class it's a hilarious comedy it's been going out on the prime this is actually something weird about star trek it's not all in one place some of it's on prime video some of it's on paramount plus it's a whole deal but anyway Lower Decks has just wrapped up its season and it's been hilarious they've had like a brilliant guest star every week and then starting this week We've also had a kids show called Star Trek Prodigy, which is actually class. And it's a quite a lot like Star Wars Rebels. And it speaks to the weirdness of how brands have taken over that Nickelodeon kids are getting a sequel series to Voyager as their first Star Trek. That's the weird one, right? I, I just finished watching all of Voyager. And when I oh, found yeah? out that Janeway is going to be in this kids series, like, what's what she still doing here? Oh, Janeway and Chakotay, like, you know. Oh, hell yeah, ever. my guy. <laughs> <laughs> That's what the Get series Tuvok is about. in here. 
Yeah, it's it's Chakotay's like missing ship that all these like ragtag Delta Quadrant people find. And they've got a holographic Janeway. And in this new series, the real Janeway is like out looking and they've no idea where Chakotay's ended up. So it's like, no, it's accessible for kids, obviously. But like, it's just so strange that like once upon a time Voyager was considered like nerdy fair. And now it's like the launching point for Nickelodeon. It's just so it's it's just it sort of speaks to how immersed we are in nerd culture in every single well, aspect see, of entertainment, be, you know. It's because as well that the, the the nerdy kids have now grown up and they're pretty much running things at this point. Yeah. I so nerd is cute. now normal. I'm wondering mm. what'll replace nerd in like 10 or 15 years' time. I don't want to think about it. <laughs> I think right now that's just being sad. <laughs> like just, just just the entire concept. Like I think that I think that's the alternative thing right now is just depression. <laughs> also, it's not nerdy, but I just want to say that uh, both Andor and Taskmaster are still running, and they're amazing. Andor's yeah. not nerdy. What? Andor's not nerdy. It doesn't feel nerdy when you're watching it. <laughs> I don't know, man. I I like I've been hearing good things about Andor, but I'm so very tired of Star Wars. Well, at least yeah. you've admit say that. I got into a big argument with Dara last episode because he spent 10 minutes slagging it off without having watched it. Oh, listen. And that, he never will. Oh, listen, you don't gotta tell me. That other thing is about the three the past three episodes, of me and Dara and any of the Marvel shows. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I tr- I tried my heart. Listen, guys, I have. I am here to advocate for Miss Marvel. Please. Yes. Just watch the damn show. I no, I tried. I watched the first episode. I couldn't do it. I liked it. It reminded me of like Kick-Ass and that kind of stuff. All the kind of way it was filmed and everything. No, I just, I, I've said it before and I'll say it again until I die. I could not listen to her say cosmic one more time. <laughs> I just couldn't. It's just like, yeah, okay, we get it. It's cosmic. You realize that the next thing she'll be in, she'll probably be in space. Yeah. (laughs) Have fun. No, I I, (laughs) just, I refuse. I'm glad that they're doing what they're doing with it, with it, you know, the whole, the the young woman and she's, um, she's like, she's uh, like Islam and stuff Mm. like that's great. Yes. Keep doing stuff like that. But it just, they Americanized her too much, you know? Okay, because like they literally spend one whole episode in like the the is it the Pakistan partition was it the one that oh yeah no Pakistan? during yeah no one of them is yeah one of the entire episodes is during the like exodus from India with like Pakistan finally yeah getting their independence. which Doctor Who covered as well in, a, in an award winning episode as well so really? it's a little <laughs> yeah yeah no like, I, I got I got the genuine feeling. Uh, no, but like I, I, I said this, I think with Kian months ago, I got the genuine feeling I actually learned a lot about uh, Pakistan and Muslim culture by actually watching that show. I'm yeah, and like the Dijin, like the which is the proper word for like genie and stuff, like you Genius. know, those are nice touches. No, yeah. no, I, I, I completely support all of that. It's just her character herself. Mm. was just too much American teenager. Okay, that's fair. That's fair, totally yeah. fair. Yeah, I um. I can totally see why that aspect would be off-putting. I've had a few friends who said that as well. But at the same time, I don't mind it being made for an audience that isn't me. All I will the never forgive me feel her. old, and I had to bear with that. I will never forgive her for what she did to her dad. Why? What did you do to her dad? Oh, the the, the whole costume? The whole costume? That... Are, are you kidding me? Oh, no. yeah, no, yeah. 
Papa Khan uh, was is is and will always be a good dude. Yeah. Oh, and but I was, get that. He was though. so it's excited. Like, you want to go? You want to go be an adult at your own con thing, and your parents want you to do it the way they want you to do it. Like it's. I feel I felt I felt it was an honest response on both sides, you know. Yeah, but he was so excited. Okay, uh, I am going to cut us there before we really shouldn't have started talking Marvel two minutes before recording wrapped. True, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I, I am going to pull a ripcord on this. Um, we are about out of time. Uh, we'll go, Katie. First, is there anything you would like to plug for the good people before uh, we wrap? Yes, please follow me on Twitch. Um, I am currently playing through both Alice Madness Returns and Oddworld New and Tasty. And we are also doing weekly balloon streams where people can come on and make requests and I make them and we chat and it's great and it's lovely. And please follow me on Twitch because I'm like 24 followers away from making affiliate. (laughs) Hell yeah. Yeah. So we want to keep that going. Please and thank you. Uh, Twitch.tv forward slash mannequin blue. That's where you'll find me. Excellent. I'll just throw in there. Uh, I'm still working for Geek Ireland. I am currently reviewing each of the Star Trek movies in a retro review thing where I sort of have to dig into what works about this, what doesn't all about that stuff. She all know Star Trek. You all know movies. I'm sure you can figure it out based on the name. But yeah, if you're looking for some funny observations and all that, sure, you know where to find me. Give them a click. That's probably. Awesome. And um, I all I, I don't have anything myself to plug. Um, I haven't been up to much, but you know, what? I'm going to I'm going to plug. I'm going to plug my brother. Yeah, because <laughs> he's doing what? he's doing just fine. My big my big brother, Dave, his streams on Twitch as well. Uh, he streams under the name of Farfons. F-A-R-F-O-H-N-Z. Uh, join the Farfonian Dominion. And watch my brother play video games. He's a, he's a very funny man. Very charming. Uh, oh, I'm just going to say right nice now. things about your brother for no other reason. Than... <laughs> no, he has stuff to plug, but I could also do that. Um, so go go follow him on uh, twitch.tv slash farfonts. <laughs> and, uh, and we will see you back here next week for another episode of Nerds No Basis. Uh, obviously, follow us all on social media. nerdsnomedia.com. Uh, you can find our link tree. You can find our socials. Find all of our other shows. It's a great network. Um, yeah, that, that sounds like everything Dara says the other show. Thanks. Bye. 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 Watch Andor. Thank you for listening to a Nerd to Know Media production. 